record. Okay, uh, this is episode 15, my brother's lucky number. Congratulations. Oh, good day, Cassie's brother. Yeah, good on you. How are you going? Okay, I want to dive straight in. So last week you brought in a song by a band called Tennis, T-E-N-N-I-S. Just tennis, tennis. Tennis, tennis. I love that we just got a message too. Hello, look at us. It is love. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I freaking loved it. Now, everything that you described, I pitched something completely different. I heard something completely different when I listened to it. It was exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, I got a lot of like cardigans in the year 2020. Like it's if the cardigans released music now, that's what they would sound like. Okay. Um, mixed with a little bit of like little birdie vocals. Did you get that? Katie Steele I didn't think sound? of her, but yeah, all right. I loved it. Thank you so much. It was fun. It was just what I needed to do. Now I can, I can already tell. I'd re- I played it in my imagination for five seconds and I totally get Katie Steele. Yeah. Yeah. That cute, <laughs> but like, yeah, like I know what I want. Lovey. I, oh, thank you. Beautiful. Like a bit high pitched, but confident. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great. I love some of that strong fee folks just made up a new word. <laughs> thank you. Okay, awesome. And the song you brought in, Incubus, they still exist and it's a great thing. Um, you, you said you were concerned about feedback they got from other people saying, why doesn't this sound like your older stuff? It doesn't matter. It still sounds like Incubus. It's just a different type of Incubus song. Um, the influence is if you combined Imagine Dragons with Incubus, it's a bit like that. They should be playing bigger crowds with this and different crowds with this. Like... They could do a Super Bowl pre-party. They could do like an AFL. I don't know. Why am I thinking a sport? But they could do like one of those really varied crowds, like an award ceremony, something that the crowd isn't there for them, but everyone's going to enjoy the song. That makes sense. Great. Now, we do have um, a special guest here with us. Yeah. Uh, the phone that beeped before wasn't mine, wasn't Chris, because we're polite and we know that our phone should be on silent. We brought in a rude guy who's already lost five points. The rude guy, though, is a very <laughs> important rude guy, and that's why his phone is not on silent, because he is a very important person. That's right. I don't even care about his job title, but his name is Tom Martin. Welcome to Doug By Us. Thank you. Hi, now, Tom. Now, this is your- It's an honor to be here, truly. You're an honor. It's your first podcast, right? I've never been on a podcast. Oh. Uh, it's my. It's been my broadcasting dream to be invited to be on any sort of podcast. Uh, I would expect and hope that it would have something to do with, I don't know, my silly New Zealand accent or, you know, what I do for a living. But instead, it's talking about music, which is my first great love. So I'm, I, I can't thank you both enough. It's gen- I'm genuinely thrilled to be here. Thank you. Awesome. And I, like other colleagues that we've had in... I love talking to you about new music. I think every Friday, most Fridays, I'll be like, oh my gosh, or if there's a new song, I'm like, Tom, what do you think of this? Or festival lineups or something when it comes to new music. And that's why I thought I want to get you on our podcast. I've got far too many opinions uh, to keep them within and you do a great job of um, letting me voice them in a safe and wholesome environment. So I thank you for that. Thank you. And I'm glad that you got the dress code, which is wear your pajamas to work day. Uh, Tom Martin <laughs> is wearing a blue and white striped shirt, just like exactly. Rabs did when he was on the podcast, uh, yeah. just like Chris has in the past. And I'm actually wearing a nightie outside of a shirt today. So um, it's, a, it's my bananas and pajamas look, if I'm being really honest. It is the theme of our podcast as well. The, uh, the wearing your bananas and pajamas shirt, I need to buy one. <laughs> and wondering if you're thinking what I'm thinking. I think you am. Oh. Great. Okay, <laughs> so with Going that, swimmingly. with that, do we let our guest bring in a song this week, or do we? No, I think he's done his job. I'd see you, mate. Thanks My phone's for, gone off. Thanks for I coming on. Can't apologise enough for that. By the <laughs> yeah. way, I've died inside when that happens. I'm so sorry. Well, Tom, do you want to hear what Chris is digging this week? Let's let's give Chris a bit of a time, and then let's put 
Tom in the middle. Okay. Just, yeah, you can be the cheese in the sandwich. Go. Sure. So last week I offered you, you can choose the love song I like or the breakup song I like. Mm. You chose the love song. So this week we're getting the breakup song. Um, it's called How It Ends by a band who they put a song out every week without fail, just like this podcast. Um, their name's Pomplamoose. Huh. What does that even mean? Who cares, man? Right, okay. <laughs> who the hell cares? What does silver chair mean? What is a silver chair? That's, is that inspiring? Is that good? Doesn't matter. Pomplamoose, right? Pomplamoose. <laughs> Pomplamoose. And well, yeah, and and whether it's a cover or an original song, they're always putting something out, and they've got real loyal stuff. This is not a cover. This is a, a breakup song, which is it just it's really real. It's spoken with normal language. It's female vocals, kind of soft, but also it's just real. And they drop like eight f bombs, but they the use of it is perfect. Like mm. it's, I can't explain it other than listen to it. The chorus, I want you to try and listen to it a few times and remember the words, because the way they rhyme the whole story is sick. I just, I've listened to this thirty times this year, and there's not even been that many days. Actually, there's been more than that. Mate, great. <laughs> have you had a breakup this year? Is that why you've been? I haven't. No, it's cool because it's just a, it's a fun way to tell a real story um, about how breaking up can suck. Enough to scare you out of a breakup, if anything. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I like that. I love a good use of an f bomb. I think there's nothing better than a good f in a song. And it's not. It's not like Fred Durst. It's it's just it's beautifully used. It's used properly and maturely. It's good. But Fred Durst uses the F-bomb very well too. Don't. Fred, oh, it's just a different we technique. You. We yeah. love you, Fred. <laughs> All right, Tommy Martin, I think it's your turn. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, when you guys so graciously invited me on, I had a mad panic because I listened to a lot of new music, but then uh, like all things around music, when someone says, find one, you get sort of, I get you get clammed up. You don't really know what to do. Right. Um, so I went back to the well of music that I guess I've been listen, listening to just over the last 24 hours. And the nice thing about um, streaming music is it tells you because your algorithm. Um, and the artists that I, without fail, have been listening to uh, the most over the last sort of uh, comfortably 12 months is uh, a guy from Newcastle called Sam Fender. Yes. Um, Sam <laughs> is like Bruce Springsteen. Uh, reincarnated, uh, mixed with Alan Shearer and everything that I um, remember about um, the north of England. I lived there as a kid and I feel like I met and went to the start of high school with like 15 Sam Fenders. Um, he plays the, my dream Fender jazz guitar. He is the most inspired lyricist that I think I've heard outside of maybe you know, a few musicians that is writing, he's so mature beyond his years as well. The themes of his music might seem, um, immature or inane, but I just find him to be so textured and so robust in the way that he goes about talking about things, sort of similar to what you were saying, Chris, about, you know, being, using words in such a way that there's real purpose, there's real meaning, there's real texture behind them. Um, and the song that I just can't really encourage people to uh, listen to enough is, um, it's a song called Hold Out. It came out uh, really recently, probably within the last fortnight, and it's the last song um, from his 
I guess, last record. It's been released as a single. His album, Hypersonic Missiles, was just unbelievable. He got nominated for uh, a Brit's Critics' Choice Award. The, the record itself is just incredible. Front to back, there's very little to say other than I think it's excellent. Um, and I, I guess I'm not a Bruce Springsteen guy, controversially. I don't find myself gravitating and picking up the boss and going, fuck yeah, let's listen to some Bruce. I'm the same. I didn't get it until recently. But Chris is He's wearing, a Bruce, wearing a Bruce Springsteen t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a sacrilegious, I should not have said that. Um, but I just like, uh, the record is unbelievable. The song itself is literally just about a night out. It's And it's so, again, it's just, it's so simple in its essence. But then the complexity of the lyrics, uh, there's a saxophone solo in there, which just like, oh. is just wonderful. And the thing I like about Sam is that he seems to be really just so um, inclusive and so interested in his own experience. He doesn't seem to, he, he finds it so silly that he's so famous and that he writes songs for a living. He gets to go and play music to people and that's his job. Um, and he takes it all in such a way that's just so refreshing. I mean, he's very open about the fact that Hypersonic Missiles is a Bruce Springsteen tribute album, really. And he, and unabashedly has ripped off some of his songs. And I just fucking love that. I think if more artists were honest in that way, I think it would expose people to not just their music, but hear the origins of it. That's the thing I love about rap music is that I can go and hear a Wu-Tang Clan song and then I can go and hear the soul record that it's sampled by. And I just think like, particularly in modern rock now, there's no shame. There's not like being saying, I love the Arctic Monkeys and they helped me write this song or I love Bruce Springsteen. It just, it makes me as a listener want to listen to that song and then just use what I think Spotify and Apple Music and all streaming services are made to do, which is dive in, go down the well, be mm-hmm. in the YouTube hole, find all the other stuff, hear the influence, Google, YouTube, whatever. Um, hold out the single. It's the last one. It was meant to be on the record and it was being played in every live show. Um, so everyone thought it was going to be a new single. It didn't get released. And then basically just through sheer peer pressure, from what I understand, he's just like, well, fuck, I'll put it out because it's not going on the new album. Yeah. Um, and it's phenomenal. And I just, it's two and a half minutes long. I've listened to it on repeat. I, it's, it takes me 45 minutes to get home on a tram and I'm pretty confident for one ride home. I listened to it the whole way. It's just, he's fantastic. And his voice is, you know, haunting, but beautiful in so many ways. So only recently did Chris get onto the Sam Fender bandwagon because Rabs name dropped him in passing. And then it was just like, whoa. And so Chris is only like two, three weeks deep into this Sam Fender fandom, but I'm like, I've been on board for a while and I love every single word you just said. I'm like, yes, I get it. I relate. And I also love, I think that now artists have to be a bit more honest because we see every single step they do with Mm. Instagram and with Twitter and we know, we know them. So they need to just be real with us. And I think that you got the nail on the head with that one. Thank you for bringing in Sam Fender. It's my great joy. And one of my great regrets was not seeing him live Mm -hmm. because as a performer, everything thing that I've seen, every piece of feedback, including from Rabs, as he likes to remind me almost every time yeah, I mention same. Sam Fender, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that he is one of the best live shows he's ever seen. And, oh, for and a guy who's, a lot of gigs. Yeah, like. and for a guy who's under 25, who's from, you know, a, a pretty tough part of the world in Newcastle, to be able to perform with the maturity and write with the maturity, uh, you know, I hope he's in everyone's lives for a really long time. It seems like he will be. I think he will be. I love that. Um... I want to talk about a, a nice guy that comes from 
a rough part of town. I don't know if it is a rough part of town. He comes from a outer suburbs of Victoria, like regional Victoria. I don't even know where from. But can I talk about my artist? I'm it getting depends where he's from. I'm like, where, where? Chris is so You're about to describe some town I really like and call it rough. I don't even know where it's from. Let's say Bendigo or Ballarat <laughs> or Benalla or something that starts with something like that. Um, but I want to bring in the new single from an artist called Dadiri that I have fall into a habit of calling Dadiri, but it's Dadiri. Um, We've got a little slice of Eurovision in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we do. You we will do. see. Chris is obsessed with Eurovision and I am a fan, but yes. um, I found myself two weeks ago, three weeks ago at home on a Saturday night watching the Eurovision Australian contesting bloody whatever, getting congratulations to Montaigne. Um, but the final performance for the Eurovision Australian qualifier was this beautiful song, Raw Stuff by Dadiri. Um, and I've been following Dadiri for a while. I first got, I think, across him when he did a residency at the Workers Club in Fitzroy. Um, and, you know, you kind of go, who's this artist? And I haven't seen him perform since then, but I'm very much across the, the records and I'm loving this music. But this one, I just, I think seeing, watching that beautiful and cheesy video montage before he performed the song and just getting that feel of the the inspiration and writing the song. He wrote the song in two parts, uh, one when he was feeling a bit confused about a, you know, a fallout with a relationship and then, um, you know, he heard from the person and just that closure, um, it's, it's incredible. And the performance, you know, after seeing these huge Eurovision performances that were all fantastic, but very glittery and sequins mm. and dancing and sets. And then he's mm. just there on a piano with this gorgeous backdrop of home, I'm assuming, mm. um, and just singing this song. And it's just like his hands on a piano and I couldn't, I felt the shivers. I'm feeling it now, just yeah. even talking about the song. And I went back and listened to it and again, listened to it maybe 53 times in the last few weeks. Well, and Maybe I'm just 53. Like, 53, let's say 53. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, dude, whoa. And... Again, taking you back to moments. I've been very emotional lately, I think, with the music I've been bringing in. It's not been very fun. It's been very emotional. Um, and it's just like takes you back to that moment where you feel the hairs on the back of your neck. And um, I'm just so, so stoked to have other people hear this song if you haven't mm. or just open a conversation about this song and this artist because Didiri is fantastic. Warnable. Warrnambool. Yeah. Oh, beautiful beachy Warrnambool. I that love it. It is a rough there. part of the world. Yeah. Like, it is no a bit question. rough though. <laughs> G'day to all the whales. <laughs> Shout out to Husey from Warrnambool. Um, yeah, it's. I think at the risk of having a strong opinion on uh, a podcast, I think music is, seems to me like it's heading into a place where less is more, particularly with artists like Dadiri who, you know, I, I watched that Eurovision thing as well and it, it, it was awe-inspiring how you can do so much with so little and I think there's this, again, I'd like to think that there's this second coming of uh, bands and performers and solo artists who recognize that there's just as much worth and you can say as much with as much power with you and a guitar or you and a piano or, you know, you and a recorder um, <laughs> as you can with... Uh, Shout out to Sasha, which is exactly. uh, Lizzo's flute. There we go. Um, or a 10-piece backing band. I mean, bands like the Black Keys. I remember seeing the Black Keys and thinking they were the loudest thing on the planet. And there's two of them. And I just yeah. feel like I'm really excited for the 16 and, you know, the 13 to 16-year-olds who are picking up guitars for the first time who and who those are the people who they watch growing up because I just feel like 
we're in for a real treat as music fans. The Marie Kondo of music, let's say. Find joy. Find yes. joy in the minimal instrument things. Cool. <laughs> Great. Let's do this. The this title of it. this episode is called Something About Blue and White Shirts. <laughs> okay. This you is, called it. This is the Deary Raw Stuff. 